Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yes, football fans, welcome back to the Gagan Pod, where I'm joined by Mark Schwarzer and Michael Bridges. We talk all things Premier League from the battle for fourth to the relegation battle, FA Cup weekend, A-League final series, and Mark Schwarzer brings up some controversial opinions on Man United with and without Cristiano Ronaldo. Bridgie looking ahead to his charity match coming up this week. And so many big games kicking off Wednesday morning with Liverpool, Man United, and all the way through our weekend. And everything you need to know about it is right here on the Gagan Pod. What's happening, football fans? Welcome back to the Gagan Pod. I'm joined by both ends of the pitch here. we got Marky Schwarzer and Michael Bridges both joining us on the pod to share their opinions. Some of them controversial, but expert knowledge nonetheless. And we're going to kick it off with some breaking news from this morning. Bridgie, I'm going to come to you from the championship, a competition which you've had the luxury of winning. And it was Derby County who have confirmed to be relegated now. Wayne Rooney, everyone can say that he can hold his head up high. He's done a phenomenal job considering the massive points deduction Will he remain there next season? And if not, where will you see Wayne Rooney next? Yeah, it's been an, been an incredible season for them. Um, the ups and downs, the points deduction, and Rooney hanging in there. And I think putting in a marvellous performance as a manager um, and getting results throughout, you know. And it's just been interesting listening to his um, interview in the UK after the game saying, how, how does he feel? He said he feels very proud of what he and the players have achieved under the circumstances. He's put all the blame on the, the ex-owner, obviously for the financial disarray that the points have cost him with a deduction. And he, he's actually come out and said he would love to be there next season as their manager and guide them back to the um, back to the championship. And it was an interesting bit of social media as well. There was um, fans in the car park and he actually went out uh, and fronted the fans, which I think is absolutely incredible to be fair I haven't seen many managers do that normally if you're relegated we we as players as well tend to just scurry off before our cars get um, demolished so fair play to Wayne Rooney and he's yeah he's, I think he can hold his head very very high and it remains to be seen huge club huge training facility big ground um, and potentially one of them clubs that should and can bounce back and I just find it incredible to think that a few seasons ago in a Frank Lampard when they knocked Leeds United out of the playoffs um, and what what's happened? Football is a it's an incredible, an incredible um, you know sport where people say you know a big club they can't go down. Well, anybody can go down, and Derby's another one that has just proven that. Mm, anybody can go down I guess that that's something to remember when we talk Premier League a little later on and Everton floating way too close to that relegation zone but Mark I'm going to go to some more news from this morning and we'll go to Spanish Giants Barcelona who lost at home to Cadiz the second time in just a matter of days that they lose at home of course they bowed out to Eintracht Frankfurt in the Europa League as well fair to say most people I think the general public didn't expect that to happen either but Schwartz you're all across the Bundesliga as well firstly did you expect that result and secondly is this a bit of a mini crisis going on for Xavi now uh, firstly I didn't expect Eintracht Frankfurt to win uh, at the new camp certainly not I mean they, they were awesome I mean I watched the game from, from start to finish uh, I thought Eintracht Frankfurt were, were exceptional <clears throat> Barcelona looked disjointed looked stunned looked shocked 
Um, they did come in back into it very late in the game, but it would have been a bit of a travesty actually had Frankfurt have struggled or had not you know won the game. I thought they were that good uh, tonight. Wow, I mean Cardiff, they've they were in a relegation fight. You know they were down there at the bottom. Um, that win is absolutely monumental to them. For Barcelona, that is obviously pretty much sealing the case that you know Real Madrid have won the title. I don't think there's any doubt about that now. Um, Barcelona since what is it, twelve run of games of without defeat or fourteen, and then all of a sudden they lose two in a row. Um, yeah, mini crisis, I think. Yeah, mini crisis, but I guess it is tricky when you don't have much to play for now. You're just kind of seeing out the weeks and starting to plan your summer holiday. There was some more news coming out from the Premier League. Well, it's unofficial news, but it seems to have a fair bit of momentum, and that is that halftime interviews with managers look very close to being agreed for next season. So what we would see, we've seen this actually pop up once or twice here in the A-League, and once again, it's Australian football leading the way, right? Um, We've seen it pop up once or twice, saying that managers are going to now give us a bit of insight into possible tactical changes. That'll be interesting. Emotional responses right after leaving the field, etc. Bridgie, as you've had a stint in management, you've played many years in the Premier League, you've seen all different types of managers. How do you think they would have taken this news? Um, it's going to be interesting because you'll have the, the, the mindset of some of the managers that will be giving their tactics away, but obviously they won't be giving their tactics away because they know the opposition <laughs> will be watching. So they'll give them some absolute BS statement that will come out there. Um, yeah, listen, we, we, we all love to get that behind-the-scenes um, insight and I think sometimes, it, you know, it is fantastic. Uh, I, it took me a while to adjust when I got to the A-League having cameras inside the dressing rooms or inside the sheds, as you call them over here, because you're so used to just getting your gear off and getting on with it. And some of the boys at Sydney were like, Bridgie, you better be careful. There's a camera looking right at your bits. And I was like, what? How the hell is that possible? Do you know? And we yeah. used to always make sure that our tactics board weren't at the camera. So you, you didn't give the opposition any kind of ink. And then the other side we've seen from it is when players and managers get interviewed either straight after the game or at half time, your emotions are still running riot. So you can actually say things a bit like Conte of Tottenham Hotspurs done it, but he had at least 15 or 20 minutes to calm down when he said he was going to leave Spurs. <laughs> so God knows what he would have been like two or three minutes after the final whistle or at half time. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all for, for, the, for like the media side of it. But actually, on a on a personal level, if I'm in their coaching, am I really going to discuss what I'm going to be doing at halftime tackling? Nah, not at all. Probably not, right? No. I mean, yeah, we all want the game to be more entertaining, and I guess sometimes it feels like it's been uh, maybe Americanized, or it's got that whole yeah. UFC component, right? Which is a- absolute access all areas. Schwartzy, what do you make quickly before we move on on the top stories? What do you make of the way football's going? You've got every club releasing Netflix series and Amazon series, and now you've got interviews at halftime, and it just goes and goes and goes. As a player who retired very, very recently, do you like that direction of the game? Are you enjoying the extra media now, watching from the sidelines, or are you, do you kind of feel? for the people involved no I don't mind you know the Netflix series behind the scenes fly on the wall documentaries kind of stuff I think that's great I think it's a really good insight I think like Bridget was saying I think for people the fans um, around the world to have an insight um, of what actually goes on in behind you know those, those walls of a change room the behavior the the emotions I'm not sure about the halftime one I'm not sure about that what how much that's going to be beneficial I don't know what they're really going to get out of it um but listen let's just watch this space i'm sure we will get some interesting comments from some managers that's for sure
Swatchy, your half-time team talks are short enough anyway. After you give your players like a four or five yeah. minute window to get in there and relax, you've got a four or five minute window to get your stuff over and then you've got the four or five minute window to get them prepared again. So it just chews into more of the time for the, the managers and the staff that are trying to get these messages across their players. So it'll be interesting to see how it goes. Um, but like Swatchy says there, anything that's a documentary, I mean, I think F1 has been changed because I really went off F1 many years ago. I didn't know the drivers really. There was, you know, you, you understood the cars and things like that in, in the brands. But this documentary that has been going on, it's just galvanized. I mean, even my daughter and wife who were not into F1, they love it because they've seen the drama behind the scenes. So mm. anything like that, I think is brilliant. If it's at the end of this season, I would quite happily discuss my tactics with a camera crew mm. as, a, as a coach. No problem if I knew it was going out at the end of the season. Yeah. But when I know it's going out live and the opposition can be watching that, nah, it doesn't sit well with me. Mm. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see more and more. There's plenty of drama behind the scenes, as you two gentlemen know. Some other big results this morning. Napoli dropped points at home in stoppage time to Roma, meaning their Serie A chase is probably over. It looks like it's just going to be the two Milan clubs now fighting right until the end. But let's go to the Premier League and kick it off with some top stories from the weekend. Firstly, we've got to start with fourth place. No one seems to want it. Spurs lose. Arsenal have a great opportunity. They lose as well. Man United actually win. Schwartz, are they back in the fold for fourth spot? Yeah, mathematically, sure, um, they are. <laughs> but, you know, you look at the result, the performance against Norwich. Um, oh, mate, there's so much drama, isn't there? It really is. And, I, and I, think, I think for the first time in a while, a lot of the Man United fans are actually voicing their, their opinions very loudly, very strongly. Um, and, and it's never, you know, Bridget and I, we know it's like, you know, when you get booed or you're giving a hard time, it's never nice. But I can, I can understand why United fans are that upset and why they are giving their players a hard time because uh, I, I mean look I'm the last person to say about like just because they paid a lot of money and you know you've got to give them a lot of stick if they're not performing it's all part of the package isn't it and I think it's about you know what are they what are they producing as a as a as a spin-off for the co- the contracts that they have um, and then all the other drama that seemingly goes on all the time um, and I think there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that goes on the drama that is also instigated by the player, if not by the player, by the player's agents. So there's a big responsibility that falls at the feet of players. So certain players that have been criticised by the United fans, the fans have just had enough. They've had enough of all the other rubbish that goes on behind the scenes and about contracts, you know, out of contract, you know, not being happy going... But the player himself never, never being, never being brave enough to step up and say anything himself leaves it always to all the other the media speculation to his agent doing all the talking, and I, I think that's the hardest bit. As a player in the dressing room, I'd I'd be really annoyed about that. So Paul Pogba, you know, clutching. You said his, his name, not me. Cr- I, I didn't say that. You said it. <laughs> No, I'm asking, uh, uh, clutching his ears to the crowd as they're booing him. You think that's not the right response? Should he just be keeping his head down, walking straight to a change room, staying keep, out of all that rubbish? Keep your head down, get on with it, because the more yeah. you try and do that, the more you, you instigate. You, the fans know they've got a reaction. Yeah. And he's just adding fuel to the fire. And, you know, I, I thought it was a bit childish and immature. He should have just got his head down, got on with it. Um, and not nothing more, I think, would have been said. But now it's just escalated again. We're talking about it. The fans are going to be talking about it. Media are in there, and it it's just becomes even bigger. Do you think so, he genuinely doesn't? Do you reckon he genuinely thinks they're wrong? Like, do do you think he genuinely <laughs> believes that there's no justification in them booing him or having a go at him? I, I, I don't know. I just I, I I'm wondering if 
his head's been buried in the sand the whole time. Self-reflection, mate. Is yeah. He's listened to his agent too many times. Maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I, I just find if it you're bizarre. Looking at it real, if he's looking at it realistically as he as he's performance, has he performed for Manchester United like he has done for the national team? No way, Jose. Look, there's no doubt he's got a lot of mirrors in his house, right? So maybe he should just step <laughs> down there one day and just stand in front of it and look at it himself and have a word with himself and try and be honest with himself. Yeah. I think then he might get some clarity in it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, his he's, he's agent is one of the most box office agents, never shies away from Amina Rayola, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's got his fingers in it. It is a tricky situation at Man United. Football-wise, they had one of the greatest players of all time get him out of trouble once again. It was a hat-trick for Cristiano Ronaldo. He's now scored 30 hat-tricks before the age of 30 and 30 hat-tricks after the age of 30. He's truly aging like a What a, a comment, though, Claude, he came out with. He, he, did you see his message? Time yeah. to unbalance the scales. So yeah. he, he knows that there's unfinished business and there's definitely another hat-trick to come before he hangs his boots up. Yeah, we wouldn't be surprised. He looks like he's on a roll and they've got a decent finish to the season. They play some hard games kicking off on Wednesday, but you never know. Maybe that gives them the confidence to push on. Schwartzy, Arsenal, let's talk about them because Spurs will get to in a second with Bridgie, but Arsenal had the opportunity in the last two weeks to put some daylight between themselves and everyone else. They lost to Brighton, then they lost to Southampton. Now they have to play Chelsea, Liverpool, West Ham and Spurs in the next month. How important are those six points that they've just dropped? Will they be the difference between Champions League and not? Yeah, I think so. I think there's a, there's a chance, the big chance. Um mm. They, yeah, completely fell apart, haven't they? I mean, they're in, they're in a great position. And, and I think that was always a big question mark. When one result goes against them, how are they going to respond? How are they going to react to that bad result? Um, Brighton, look, Brighton's been difficult. Brighton, have, I think Brighton have shown all season that they're a good footballing team. They just, they struggle to find the back of the net. They, they struggle to take advantage. So... I'm not really that surprised by that result, but the Southampton one was certainly one that did surprise me. Mm. I mean, them six points could have taken them two behind Chelsea with a game in hand. They could have seen them slot into third spot. It's, I think you, you've you've nailed it there, Claude. They, they, they will regret them six points massively, especially with the games they've got coming up. But when you think about the first three games of this season, Arsenal fans would have snapped your hand off. You said you're going to finish sixth. Yeah, that is true. That is true. But look, why is it? I mean, we, we've all we've all seen the games. What has changed from three weeks ago? Is it an attitude thing? The personnel doesn't seem to have changed all too much. Is it the pressure now of actually being the favourites going into fourth? And people were saying that they were the favourites to finish fourth rather than the underdogs. What is it, Bridget? I think if you look at the first few games of the season, the amount of sickness, illness and injuries that Arsenal had, the, mm. the back four, I still talk about, plus the goalkeeper back five, was so disjointed every week for the first three weeks. Add to that, they didn't have the defensive midfielder in Thomas Partey. Now, over the last few weeks, Thomas Partey has been out and they've lost a true leader in Tierney, the guy that gives them the motor down the left-hand side. I still say that the the last few matches, when you look at that, the injuries have impacted their style of play. I'm not saying two players make a team, but I would much rather have a Thomas Partey in the defensive midfielder than a Xhaka that has cost them numerous times throughout mm. his football and career at Arsenal. Um, and Tierney, like I say, where's the armband um, when he does? And it, I think he's the a, a, a true leader when he gets it. And I feel like he's a he's one of them guys that you, you can't afford to not have playing on the field. Everyone was pretty happy with the change and Aubameyang leaving and some experienced players sitting out and all of a sudden you brought the youth to the fore, Schwartzy. But is this an example of where youth can fall short a little bit when there are these games you need to get across the line, you need to win? Another team may be sitting back. This is where your experience pays off? Yeah, I think you. I think that you may under. I think you underestimate 
the difference between chasing and then once you get in that position then then also all of a sudden the realization of actually we're in a wonderful position here and if all we need to do is get these couple of results to make sure we cement our position all of a sudden you are being chased and then there's all of a sudden there's that talk of like you said before you know they're the, one of the, they're the favorites now of finishing fourth i think that plays a big part in it all mm. Wow. Well, I mean, the favourites, that tag seems to move around every week. And it was, I swear it was with Spurs about four or five days ago. They all of a sudden became the favourites when they moved into fourth and had such a good goal difference. Yeah, Schwartz? I want to ask Bridgie, what, what do you think about the whole Harry Kane thing? Going to the golf, coming back, and then being really poor. I think it's a disgrace. I'm going to have to say the love affair with Harry Kane, Schwartzy, is over. I've said that oh, since the start of this season. I couldn't believe it. I couldn't yeah. believe it. When I, when I turned the golf on and I saw and Harry Kane. He was there getting pictured. I'm thinking, he's going to be jet-lagged when he gets home. <laughs> but just, even even if you're not there long enough to be jet-lagged, it's more about the, the, the physical aspect, right? So yeah. I know what it's like traveling around on the world playing games and even over short periods of time, it plays. Its, I mean, for a goalkeeper, it was really tough, let alone an outfield player. Well, Swartzy, just consider this then. the amount In Europe, playing in Europe, I know you've done international games and travel, like how, how much it costs you for the international games when you travel. But you've we've got a bit of a you've got a bit of a longer period. When we do them European games when you're playing on a Wednesday or a Thursday and then a Saturday, the travel I think the longest I did was Russia for four and a half hours. We got back and we were you know, it was all about the recovery and I was flogged. He's travelled nearly eight or nine hours, mate. Yeah. I, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, I was as as a Spurs fan and as a Harry Kane fan, when I did see him there, I was kinda like, Oh, there's Harry at the golf and then I went, Hang on a minute. <laughs> yeah. Imagine if all the team went off and did it and actually the, the 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 all the team did look like they went over there with him, so when they played their game. Well, not a single shot on target for the 90 minutes at home for Tottenham. That was a, a really shock performance given how many goals they've been scoring in recent weeks. They are still sitting in their driving seat. They are still in fourth spot and Arsenal do have a game in hand, but Tottenham's goal difference is so superior that you'd think they're in fourth spot until they lose again. And we've got a North London derby just around the corner, Bridgie. How are you feeling about that game? I think that the, whoever wins that will get that spot because I think well, Arsenal have still got the games in hand. That'll be um, an interesting one. And this is the that's the Northern derby. It's going to be very, very interesting. I'm going to go into this one very, very confident because our front three um, with Son, Kane and Kulusevski, as long as they don't go away and watch any other tournaments around the world in sport, <laughs> um, they should be all right because, they, you know, like you say, the experience... And the knowledge over the enthusiasm and youth of Arsenal of late, I think it was, what, Martinelli, um, Inketia and Saka. Uh, mm. I, I would take take our team and Spurs over over them, so it's going to be an interesting match, but I'm, I'm very confident. And by the way, that's not the first time Spurs haven't scored, or had, sorry, haven't had a shot on target in the first half of football this season, and it certainly won't be the last. Yeah, yeah. Wow, it's very, very love the confidence in Spurs fans. Eh? It's brilliant. Uh, it's clay, it's clay season in the tennis at the moment, so I wouldn't be surprised to see a few of those players jetting down there to try and catch the Masters. Um, let's go to the other end of the table. Let's go to the relegation battle, where I think the biggest news from late last week was that Burnley sacked Sean Dyche. I personally didn't see it coming. Schwartzy, you're involved in the European scene. You're on the ground so often over there. Is this something you expected, or is this just way too harsh for a manager that gave so much to this club? My, I was completely like shocked by it. I had no idea that was happening. I mean, I, even now I just kind of think, hang on, that, that can't be possible. 
mm. that, that Sean Dyche is no longer the manager at Burnley, like that he's actually been sacked. Yeah. I, I just, I'm dumbfounded by it. I honestly really am. I, I'm just like everyone else. I mean, I've read so many different comments from different, you know, ex-pros, different people about the response of, of Sean Dyche leaving, losing his position. Um, mm. Madness, absolutely. And then, and then Ben Mee taking over as as, as manager temporary. I, I, just it doesn't make any sense whatsoever. He did half decent in his first game, didn't he, Bridgie? <laughs> uh, he, he certainly did. Um, I thought they played very, very well. Hitting the crossbar, hitting the post, got some opportunities. Obviously, the, the downside of that was um, the injury to Westwood. It looked mm. absolutely horrendous. Mm. Um, and you saw you saw the players' reaction on the field. That just brought back so many memories of you know what he's got to go through for, um, from a personal experience. Really felt for him. But um, yeah, Burnley showed signs. But like you say, I just can't understand what has gone on unless they had somebody in place you cannot say that Ben Mee with the experience or lack of that he's got can keep Burnley up uh, and I think there was one man that was probably doing somersaults and cartwheels around his breakfast table when he saw the news would have been Sam Allardyce because he's thinking right I'm back the fire they put out the fire starters I'm back here I go again another six matches in management or four whatever it is they've got left and he's got himself another couple of million couple of million pound for keeping Burnley in the Premier League uh, they're still chasing Everton and there's still a massive opportunity for them to get out of trouble um, but I can't see it being with Ben Me. I just find it mm. I, I'm dumbfounded by it it's crazy. Uh, Schwartz's favourite player in the Premier League, Maxwell Cornet, had the huge opportunity to put them do- two up from the spot. Yeah. And he missed. So that was a, that was a did, tough day at the office for Schwartz. I think, did you well. see what he did though, Claude? Did you see what Cornet did? He went through on goal. He won the penalty for his team, yeah? Yeah. Rodriguez, Rod- is it Rodriguez had the ball in his hand ready to yeah. take the penalty? Yeah, yeah, Jay Rodriguez. Cornet grabbed <laughs> the ball off him. And he said, I'm the main man here. And then he did that stupid run-up. Swartzy, man, he's another showboarder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's easy to say afterwards, isn't it? I mean, I, I know what you're saying. How many players, we've seen it recently, actually, quite a few players get fouled, pick themselves up, take the penalty, yeah. and, and, and find the back of the net. And, of course, when, whenever that doesn't happen, there's always that old story of, you know, you get brought down and fouled, you should never... You know, you should never get up and take the penalty. That was Henri, um, wasn't it? He, he used to let Perez take them when he got fouled for them. That's right. So, yeah. you know what? It is what it is. I mean, I think yeah, Max Corner has been, been really good for Burnley. Um, yeah. But no. Burnley, pff, mate, they are... I, I just don't give them a chance now. Now that now that Sean Dyche has gone, unless they make the appointment of a new manager very quickly. Yeah, they'll be kicking themselves as well because there's a lot of points dropped recently in games that they could have been in a better position than Everton. But uh, Frank Lampard must be licking his lips at the drama going on over there. Leave Ben Mee in, in charge. Leave a player in charge. It got me thinking, have you guys ever played under a player manager or know any of the boys throughout your career that played under a player manager and any stories that come out from that, Bridgie? If you're going to ask any two men in football, you've got to. It's, that's for me and Swartzy. I think we've had about 99 clubs between us <laughs> over his long career and over my my career of um, going through managers. Yeah, I, I did actually. And Peter Reid was one of the first ones that came onto the scene um, at Sunderland. He used to join in every single day in training. He would kick crap out of everybody. And you're thinking, Gaffer, we've got a game at the weekend. And he would just go munching people. Um, and it wasn't until Captain Kevin Ball went through him. Um, and we're like oh you might not play at the weekend but that's what really loved he was up for that so I saw that in a short period in his, in his first like um, couple of months when he was at the club but then I'd never I, I went through it at Carlisle United with a guy called Paul Simpson who was funny enough just gone back to Carlisle United now 
to save them from going out of the Football League and he's done a marvellous job. They won 1-0 again this morning um, and they've just concreted their safety in the Football League. Simo was the player manager at Carlisle United and man, what a player. What a player. The only thing he couldn't do was he used to put the it used to pay us off because he put the shuttle runs on for us and we'd do doggies, but he wouldn't take part in that because he wasn't quick enough. But he would be there driving us on the sideline. We're thinking, but you're going to pick yourself this weekend, you bastard, <laughs> and you're not doing this. But um, he just had the he had the left foot of a wand, Simo, small stature, could dictate play. And but what he did, he did it. He didn't just pick himself. He picked himself a certain moment in the game, and he would bring himself on to change the change the game. So yeah, Simo, Simo was a cracker. Wow. I, I had a few. I had a few managers that had basically just stopped playing. So when I was signed for Middlesbrough, Brian Robson had gone from being that player manager to just being the manager. But every training session, he and Viv Anderson joined in and played as players. So they still thought they were they were players. Um, and then when later on at Middlesbrough, Gareth Southgate when he took over, so he went from playing the season to then becoming manager overnight. So that that's the closest I ever got to to being with player managers. But it's 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 kind of it, it's weird. Um, certainly when Gareth took over, because I've been with him, a teammate with him as a player for five years, and then he becomes your gaffer. Yeah, that's it's right. It's hard for so, him as well, though, sports, isn't it? I think so, yeah. And you've got to separate yourself. Well, that's why I think a lot of changes end up happening, not only just with players, but also with, with coaches, which I think probably for Gareth when he was the first at Middlesbrough was probably his biggest mistake that he made. He made too many of those changes too quickly, got rid of the wrong people. Mm. Yeah. And and what is the best approach as a former teammate of his? Like you think of the Burnley players now, Ben Mee's now in charge. Is the best approach to all of a sudden switch and you say, I'm your gaffer now? Or do you kind of want to still talk to him on a personal level? Listen, I'm still your mate. I'm just in, I'm just calling the shots. Like, I don't know. I don't know what the approach is here. Do you become authoritarian or do you try and stick to being friendly with everybody? No, you've got to find a new, the players have got to find a new bar and a new restaurant where they go to because he knows exactly where he is go at what time. So you've got to find a new venue. <laughs> Otherwise, he's going to catch you. That was always high on Bridges' uh, priority list. That was always the first thing he worked out when, okay, where do we go now that he's the gaffer? Shit, we can't go to that one we've always been going to. Oh, listen yeah. to you, Mr. Squeaky um, Clean. Amazing insight into Michael Bridges' career. <laughs> wow. Okay. But what is, what, what is the secret, do you think, for Ben Mee now to win over the Burnley players? Is it just to stick exactly to what he was doing as a leadership player in the team? Or do you actually go full 180? Did you feel that with Southgate, for example, Schwartz? Did he go full 180 and become Mr. Boss to you? Or would he still speak to you on a friendly level? No, I, I, still, had a, I still had a very kind of... It was, a, I suppose... No, it was still a very much a friendship sort of relationship with him, teammate, friend, but also then manager. So they... There were there was a couple of different things that changed, and I think it was more about the fact that okay, so now when I do have those conversations or did have those conversations with him, it was more about okay, so hang on, this is the guy that makes the decisions, right? So it's now a case of all right, so rather than saying that you're not happy about someone or someone's performance or something is going on or you're not liking training, like he and I would have talked about lots of times before mm. when he was a player to now going, well, hang on, what do I say? Do I say that? Do I not say that? So there were things you had to be careful with. And I actually did say to him a few times about personnel he had involved. Like he got rid of a few coaches and I mentioned, I, I did say to him, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you, I think you've made a mistake with that person. I think they're right. a lovely guy, but they're not good enough. Mm. And I'm, I've I told him that. 
And whether that was in the end part of the reason why I also left the club, I don't think so. But um, it was the best thing that happened to me anyway that I left the club. But but mm. in terms of having those discussions, I think your relationship certainly does change. It has to change. For Ben Mead, though, it's a bit different because he's only there temporary. Because yeah. short Nothing. games, he's only got a few games left. So he's got to keep them on board. Absolutely. So it's a very different scenario to when say you're appointed given a three-year deal like Gareth was and then all of a sudden it's like okay so how am I going to build my path how am I going to find my way with this team with these group of players my staff whereas Ben Mee doesn't have that option right now he might be playing with them again next season exactly yeah. well, he might be, he might still be playing with them this season so you know what yeah. I mean he, he, he's, he may see himself as a big part of that jigsaw that needs to be in, in that team playing once he gets back fit now from injury That's I can see them making an appointment it can't be him till the end of the season I, I, I can't think see be somebody coming in with a massive, massive bonus I, I, rather than a weekly wage. Well, well. Otherwise, if they don't appoint anyone to leave Ben me in that position, they've just then cemented like a monumental mess up of, of yes. like a cock up of of getting rid of a manager that's proven, tested, and and been unbelievable for a club to put in a player that he's never managed before, and yeah. it's it's what is it? It's it's like a it's. It's not even. T- it's not even taking a lottery ticket. It's less mm. than taking chances of winning. Watch your hit. I hate to break you all these years <laughs> later. By the way, but you know when you were having a chat with Southgate and you were telling about players and stuff that were you know not good enough. I know there was a couple of players there that were telling him the same thing about you as a goalkeeper, mate. <laughs> mate, I, I've got no doubt that was the case as well. <laughs> Wow. It's early morning. It's early morning, Bridgie. Jeez, you woke up on the wrong side of the bed here. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, uh, make a Netflix documentary on that, this Burnley finish of the season, because this would be absolute box office to watch. Let's go to the title race, but not really the title race, because the two best teams in England versus each other in the FA Cup semi-final. And it was Liverpool yet again who get the job done when it comes to knockout football against City. Klopp's record in knockout football against them has been so, so good. In the league, it's not quite the same. And so I start with that, Bridgie. Is, do you think there's a difference? People talk about, especially in Europe, people talk about club DNA your Liverpools, your Man Uniteds, your Chelsea's, they know how to win in these certain competitions and others might not. Do you think that's really a thing? Do you think they feel the weight of their jersey when they come to a knockout competition? Oh, man, that, it's a question, Claude. Like, um, you've actually got me lost of words there for the first time. Um, <laughs> I don't know, mate. All I will say is that City definitely over the over the season, I would, you know, I want to win, you want to win things, but the league title you can afford to lose a game to Liverpool in the mm. league because you can beat everybody else around you and hope that Liverpool slip up. In one-off games, Klopp and Liverpool know that they do have the clout over them in one-off matches when they can go out and do them because, like you say, stats do not lie. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it, it's incredible. I don't know whether whether it's the pressure of one-off games or whether Pep even admitted about it's been his mindset changing things and, and looking too tactically when it does come to Champions League and in cup games. Um, who knows? But the question for, you know, I'm looking at Swartz about the goalkeeping mistake as well. <laughs> that was a big decision that Klopp, uh, that Pep had to make as well. Look, look, I mean, when, you know, you, you watch the, the Man City-Liverpool game seven days before and you go, now that's a proper game of mm-hmm. two teams who were picking their best team to play in that game you, you could argue one or two different positions you could argue with Man City you know did he not why didn't he did, you know play you know play a few different players why didn't phone start Grealish whatever you want to say right uh, Mares, whatever but in general it was a very 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 strong side when you look at the Champions League 
performance from Man City, and then he makes five changes to his starting lineup against Liverpool, who only made one change in a, in a in a pretty big game. Okay, yes, he did rest players, then brought them on in the Champions League game, but it just goes to show you, I think, how determined, how important Jurgen Klopp found found this game, and how how he was that determined to give it everything, and not have any regrets and I'm pretty sure I reckon Pep Guardiola has some regrets about his selections Mm. uh, on the weekend yes look Zach Steffen made a big mistake for the goal I I mean it was interesting because I was watching the build up listening to the commentary and and Micah Richards was saying his biggest concern was how the goalkeeper was going to perform because 12 months earlier in the FA Cup he made a mistake or was not made a mistake he, he looked out of sorts he looked lack of game match practice and that's ultimately probably what cost City last year this season obviously it was a, a big mistake and actually if you analyse all three goals certainly the first goal was really surprised at how it went in and then the second goal obviously was his, certainly his mistake um, a goalkeeper that clearly hasn't played enough games clearly out of touch um, and look Liverpool I thought were, were exceptional yeah mm. What about the volley at near post? Is that should the keeper be doing better there? I, listen, I think it's a really good strike. It, it's right. a hard one. That is a really hard one because he's coming across the goal. It's a great strike. Mm. Ball's always going away from him. Look, that that's the one I'm going to give him leeway and say, look, okay. it's it's a really good strike. The other two, I'm 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 not uh, obviously the, the mistake and the first one. I'm not uh, I'm not convinced. And I'm telling you, I I would put I I would certainly put money on. Michael Bridges' money, mind you, on Edison making those saves. 100%. You got plenty to play with. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. We go to the other FA Cup semi-final. Chelsea through against Crystal Palace. I guess no real surprises in that game, but there was an interesting tweet that came out after the game. It was shared around on all the football pages and everything, and it was a guy having an absolute rant. And what he said was that Arsenal, Man United, City, Liverpool, and Chelsea have won 28 out of the last 30 Premier League titles, and now will have won 26 out of the last 30 FA Cups. Now, before that, you had 15 different winners in the 30 years before that, and he said, football is effing boring. Now, what are our thoughts on this? This is the modern game. This is the way it is. We know these clubs have budgets. They've got squads. They've got facilities that the others maybe don't have. Do you do you like that aspect of that old romantic football that used to have different teams winning these trophies every year? Or is this just kind of part of it and get on with it? He's a part, salty fan. Part of it, isn't it, Swartzy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but like, what, what is it? Like, do they have to win it or get to the final? Because we, we've had some finals over the years where you've had lesser yeah. clubs in, in the final. So yeah. the romance is still very much there. Look, you know, I, I actually thought Crystal Palace would give Chelsea a lot harder game than they did. Yeah. And was it because, I, I don't think necessarily, I'm going to say, was it because Conor Gallagher wasn't playing? Listen, mm. he would have made a difference for Palace. Would he have made the difference then winning the game? No, I don't, yeah. I don't think Palace really turned up on the day. 
Mm. I was disappointed with the way Palace played. I thought Chelsea were Chelsea. You know, yeah. uh, uh, they weren't outstanding, but they did the no. job right. But the romance is still very much there. I just thought on the stage, on the day, Palace were way below form. And it's no other else's fault other than their own. Has it? Has the FA Cup lost a little bit in the sense that, I mean, Chelsea were, were good, but it's the only thing Chelsea can win this year now is the FA Cup. And for Liverpool, it's the only one Klopp hasn't won. And he's actually been criticised in the past for playing lesser teams in the FA Cup. But this year, when I guess it's the only trophy he hasn't won in England, he's throwing his best starting lineup each week. Do you feel it's lost a little bit of shine and, and managers kind of have it as their second, third choice if they are managing one of those top, top teams? I, th- I think I don't think managers... I think they've realised that it is an important one for the fans. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. because the FA Cup and the history of it, there's no doubt about that. But what the clubs look at, Claude's, it's all about the books now. The yeah. the, the money to yeah. win the Champions League, the money to win the Premier League, yeah. and the money to win the FA Cup. There's no comparisons. Like you say, it's right. it's, it's 180 degree completely different. <laughs> um, it, it is an opportunity in the earlier rounds, as we've seen, to play lesser teams, to give players an opportunity. Mm. Um, but it's, I think, yeah, Klopp, Klopp's definitely realised and thought, you know what it is, this means a lot to the fans, and it means a lot for his CV as well. Mm. Um, and that's what Swartz was alluding to before when he said he's gone full hog with his team selection, whereas Pep's kind of taken his, his eye off that a little bit and maybe the Champions League and the, and the league is the one that they're going for. Yeah, but so, what's a priority? Listen, if you talk to a manager, if you talk to any of those top six managers at the beginning of the season, what are their priorities? Well, okay, let's not even say top six. Let's say they're top four. Let's talk about, say, Liverpool, Man City and Chelsea. Okay, mm-hmm. top three. Because they're the only three, really, realistically, that probably yeah, had a chance to win the Champions four, League yeah. and win the Premier League, right? So what would have been their priorities? To win, win the Premier League? and win the Champions League. That would have been their first two priorities. Then yeah. probably FA Cup and then obviously League Cup. So it is just a number. It is an order of priorities, of mm. course. Can Liverpool still do the quadruple? Absolutely. Why not? Yes. They're good enough. Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd love, I would love to see it. Can you argue with them being the best team England's ever seen then if they do do that? Well, if they do it, then who else has done I, it? I don't I don't Like... Who else has done the quadruple? Exactly. So how do you judge being the best team? Is the best team based on what you win? Or well, how they play? when they went unbeaten sports. Yeah, you've got to say that. That's probably the best Premier League team we've ever seen. Or Man United's they, treble. Or no? Man United's treble winning team. That was an incredible season as well. They're the two teams that I look at when I was playing and go, how the hell did they actually achieve that and do that? because yeah. I knew how tough it was personally for me and the lads at Leeds United when we fell by the wayside and other clubs you've been at to keep that oh. momentum and that winning mindset. Now, if they're going to do the quadruple, please, that I think that just concretes them as the best team ever that we would have or, witnessed. Or, or will they talk about Man City, the way they played certainly when Pep second, third season in charge, like they played the best football on the planet, right? So everyone was talking about the way that Man City played and that's how football should be played and that's the purest, right? So people would say that's probably the best team that the Premier League is quadruple man are you, no, no, are you, are no, you no, registering no, no, no. this no no, no I'm, not, I'm not against it I'm asking the question I'm, 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 <laughs> I'm putting it out there I'm not against it because don't get me wrong I understand that that would be an incredible feat to, to win the quadruple 100% but the question is, you know, the purists, there's a, there's a valid argument to say, well, hang on, yeah, they did win those trophies. However, they didn't play the best football I've ever seen, the best team I've ever seen playing football, and still won stuff, which is the Premier League, and also League Cup and so forth, was possibly Man City. But then you can go back and say the Arsenal side that was undefeated. I mean, it's a great debate to have. Yeah. 
It is good. It's one we're probably going to have for a long, long time. They've well, still got a long forever. way to go. Forever. They've still got a long way to go. There's only about a month to go, but they, they haven't... I mean, they've won the League Cup, but the other three are still very much in the balance. That's going to be a very interesting final against Chelsea because they met earlier this year, and that went to pens. They haven't actually beaten Chelsea this season. They've struggled with them to beat them in, in regular time, and then, obviously, City are actually in front, and you need them to lose a game between now and the end of the season. So, so much to play for. Yes, Bridge? I can't wait for the gig and pod, the last one we do after everything is finished, when we talk about all Liverpool the most disappointing team in the last month of the prem- of the season having come away with nothing because it could imagine. wouldn't it it, it could, could very happen. much there happen there you go so that's yeah. football yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I wanted to actually speak to you guys about um, just quickly because you know you, you mentioned the Premier League and it comes to this period of the year where you got players, you got sorry teams fighting for the title, you got top four, you got the relegation, then you got this middle ground of teams that are just kind of sitting in there and can't wait for their summer holidays. And I thought, Schwartzy, where are you at the moment? Where am I? Oh, yeah, yeah, where are you at the moment? I'm in Austria. You are in Austria. I thought so. I was hoping so for my next point because we're in the A-League is right at this time now where they, they pop into the finals. It looks like Sydney FC is going to miss the finals for the first time in a long time. Schwartz, you're not sure if you're keeping up with the A-League action. I'd forgive you if you weren't. But um, it looks like they're going to miss out and there's all this talk about final series. The rest of the teams that aren't in the top six are just kind of playing. And to be honest, they're getting battered week in, week out. We're seeing but massive scorelines. It's worse than the A-League, isn't it? Because... There's no relegation. Exactly so right. The, so there, there, there is zero to play for for any of these yeah. teams, right? So if you have so few teams in a league, yeah, generally the gaps won't be as great, and yeah. and or there may be two like types of gaps: the top bit and the bottom bit, yeah. and then the other teams down the bottom need to be pulling their finger out to make sure that they perform and, and get results, right? So yeah. We know that. That's not the we case, know that. right? Well, the other thing is that Melbourne City have been so dominant. They're sitting on top mm-hmm. of the league by, by a fair few points. And what, what I've seen happen in the A-League, and I'm, I'm worried might happen again, is that they're going to finish first by so many points. But because it's a final series, they're going to lose one game and it's over. I love what they do in Austria and I like what they do in Scotland. I personally like the championship and the relegation group when the league splits in half for the final yeah. five rounds and that you only yeah. play the teams in your half of the league. So if you do have a 10-point lead, you still have to lose that 10-point lead, but you're playing all the best teams. I think it's a great solution. Would you like to see that in the A-League, Bridgie? The A-League needs something and it needs something quick because it is becoming, like you say, boring and monotonous and the lads at the bottom, Perth Glory, having a nightmare. Yeah, every week yeah. getting smashed yeah. now because there is no accountability for them players, for mm. one. They're bottom of the league. They're, like you say, they've, they've down tools. And even Ruben Zakovic, the, the coach that is, you know, it's his first kind of experience at this level. So he's not going to inspire the, the lads from that. Mm. Um, and he's come out and criticised the senior players from yeah. that. There's got to be something that motivates them players. Don't get us wrong, they've had a lot of injuries, a lot of suspensions, so they are going, and the travel that they've had to do this season through COVID, they've had everything against them, no Mm. doubt about it. Garcia found it very hard um, when he was there as well. But there's got to be something that has got to ignite and trigger something inside these players and these staff to fight for because they've yeah. thrown the towel in, there's no accountability. All right, we finished bottom, what do we get? We get called the wooden spooners, let's go again next season. Yeah, there's yeah. got to be something, because yeah. I'll tell you what, the, the shit hits the fan when you are sitting bottom of the table and you're trying to get out of the division. I've been there with Sunderland twice, it's not pretty, and you can upset a lot of the teams at the top. So I, I, I like the excitement of trying to change something in the A-League, whatever the solution is. I don't know. I'd like to think what you're on about as well is an mm. option. The mm. teams that could potentially come come up when we expand the league, I don't know, but it needs something because it is the A-League is dying and a lot of fans are switching off. 
that's a million miles away that there's going to be a relegation. And and yeah. and that's well, that's the league's the league's vulnerable and sporty. We might it's we, it, the, we, the fans, are, never the fans are not we, turning we, up. We've we've never had it at the top level in Australia, so no. it's not it, you know an, an Australian the Australian psyche is not to have a promotion and relegation anyway, right? right in any yeah. of our sports that we have, so I don't see why it can't you change the culture then. No, I agree mm. with you, but unfortunately, football in Australia likes to follow the other codes. Follow the culture of football around the world, not the yeah, culture not, of your country yeah. and other codes. Mm. Yeah, but, but unfortunately, we're, we're, we like to follow the rest, and, and rather than <laughs> you know go with the, the, pr- the proven and tested, yeah. tried and tested around the world. Mm. Well, look, I mean, that I, I do agree with Schwartz. I think that is a million years away, um, and hopefully eventually that change comes. But I think for me it was more looking at the championship group rather than a final series because the final series is in at the moment and it is cool yeah because we get a grand final and a nice rock band can play before kickoff but in in reality it's like a team that has been so consistent for 30 weeks can just lose it straight away uh, how how is it in austria like are they, are they enjoying this championship group is there a good buzz going around would that be a good replacement i think it is i mean it's just similar to you know it's the same as in scotland right so i think yeah. i think it's a good a good thing to do right but it only works like we're just talking about if you've got a promotion and relegation, right? So there's the, the only reason why it will work. It won't okay. work any other way. Um, so, yeah, for me, you, until such time that that changes, nothing else is going to happen. Look, going back to the whole final series, right? I mean, I grew up in Australia playing the old, you know, the old NSL, and we had the same thing, right? We had the old playoffs as well. The, the I suppose. I know I've been in situations where I finished second. There's a team that finishes above you, South Melbourne at the time, and then we knocked them out in the semi-finals. Right? We beat mm. them. We actually beat them one nil away, and then beat them at home eight nil. And <laughs> so exactly. So so it's madness, really. Like as a player that you don't win the league through the number of games that you play throughout the season and end up in the finals, it's it's great if you finish second, third, or fourth, and you go on and win it, right? Mm. Because normally that just wouldn't happen as the first team that finishes past the post wins it right so if, if you're that team that finishes top and you finish by miles ahead I think it's a real kick in the teeth when you don't actually yeah. you come away with the minor, the minor premiership I mean yeah. it, 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 <laughs> the, answer's in, the answer's actually in, in the actual in the title, the na- the title yeah. right so <laughs> there you go say yeah. no more Wow, I mean, we could have a whole podcast on this on these topics, but uh, I just thought it was interesting. I I've been following a lot more of those leagues you wouldn't usually watch around Europe, and I realise how common it is to split the league in half for the last five rounds. I thought it was kind of cool. Do you know how derogatory it is though? You win the minor premiership and you're the best <laughs> team out of the season, but then you win the grand final and you finish sixth. Sixth. Yeah. Well, Please welcome. Welcome, Bridgie. Honestly, man. Feel free to stay. Um, we're going to go now with some true or false. Uh, I like these ones because they're just short, sharp, and they make you think on a lot of different levels. And we, we won't go too long on each of these, but we're going to start with some Premier League-related ones. And the first one is a man who scored a hat-trick again on the weekend. And, and still somehow there's this criticism, there's this thought of how United would be without him. So I want to throw this one over to you, Schwartzy. Man United would have finished lower on the table without Cristiano Ronaldo. True or false? I'm going to say false, you know. Wow. You know why? Because I think they'd play different football if Ronaldo weren't in the team. And the wow. responsibility would be shared amongst more players, other players. Yeah. That's a big call. Yeah. I That's know. a big call. Uh, Bridgie, what do you think of that? True. All yeah. They would have got knocked what, out of the true, Champions League true what group, I said? round one. True, group. true <laughs> no, what I said? No, not true or... what you said. No, nah, you, you're, just, you're just talking fluff. They would have been knocked out of the Champions League because his goals kept them in it. And the goals that he scored this season in the league have got them in that position. I think if without Ronaldo's goals, they're probably looking at a relegation battle with Everton. 
<laughs> wow. Well, there you go. Uh, it, it is a tricky one. We'll never know. But I like that people are so divided on that one. So I appreciate that that one, Schwartz. Yeah, Man City would already have the title wrapped up if they had signed Kane before the season. Bridgie. True. True. He would have made that difference. Okay. He wouldn't have affected the pet ball, though. He would have added to it. Okay. He can He's- drop in as the number nine. He can head balls. He can get the crosses. He can get in the end of everything. Harry has would have scored an abundance of goals and would have been ahead of Mo Salah and Man City would have won the title. Schwartzy? True or false on that one? Yeah, true. I think true. so too. I think okay. he would have, yeah. All right, I thought you were just going to try and go against Bridget just to nah, rile him up. No, because can't. that one is so far yeah. <laughs> out there. It's, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not a debate. No, but I, think I, think, so. I think the Ronaldo one's an interesting one. I really do think it's an mm. interest. Um, no, no knocking what the guys have accomplished because the guys are unbelievable. goes mm. without saying. Mm. But surely you've got to admit as well, he does... He does change the way United play because he doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't have that same work rate. You know, if, if you the example is you look at Liverpool, look at Man City. Every one of those players works their socks off, back mm-hmm. helping out. Whereas Ronaldo doesn't do that because his job is to go out and score goals. Mm-hmm. So that's that, that, that's why me, the managers get paid the big money and know their players and come up with a tactic that gets people in their system to do the yeah, job but, that he can do is score goals. Yeah, but that's why United are where they are, right? Mm. Because clearly just having that one guy that can score some goals isn't really working for them because maybe the effect on the rest I don't know you know if he didn't score the goals it'd definitely be lower maybe higher moving on (laughs) (laughs) I love it I absolutely love it um Bit of a left field, but I thought because we mentioned Kane, let's let's talk a little bit about Spurs. Mauricio Pochettino, when he was there, you're talking Champions League finals, you're talking you know fighting for titles kind of until the last five, six weeks. Mauricio Pochettino would have won a trophy by now with this Spurs side. True or false, Schwartzy? False. False. Nobody had the chance. He, had the, he, he arguably had the best Spurs team. I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to say forever in terms of how much I know, like as we've been, I've been around. Yeah. Um, and they didn't do it, right? So, so that team at their peak was was incredible. It was a really, really, really good side. Man, you've just anything. made Glenn Hoddle and Chris Waddle and Gascoigne <laughs> so upset. Gary Mabbitt, Ozzy Ordiles. Yeah, but <laughs> man, yeah, I'm no, going to no, go no, back. I said in my time. I said in my time that I've been watching him and around. I said I did clarify that. Did not listen. Did you, did <laughs> well, did your, you're actually all of some of them I mentioned. Again? Did your internet so you were go definitely again? around? Man, the, the answer to your question is false. I saw your question on the run sheet and I was thinking, is this, is this a J-up because there is no chance it's Spurs? So no, he wouldn't have. So there's no, there's no manager that would have won one with this team, no. do you think? No. No, yeah. no I don't think there's going to be. <laughs> this is exciting yeah. times. I'll be six foot under. So what am I now? 42. Actually, I'm 43. I'll be six foot. I'm hoping I make it till I'm 80. That's what... 37 years time nah I'll be 6 foot under before Spurs win anything in my lifetime very 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 good mathematics for a footballer Bridgie Uh, (laughs) La Liga is in the top 2 leagues of world football Bridgie true or false false wow so even with Villarreal and Real Madrid in the Champions League semi-finals, that's f- I prefer watching Bundesliga I love it absolutely love watching the Bundesliga in Germany right Schwartzy what do you think of this one yeah you it, the question, I suppose, it's a difficult one because I, I know what you're saying. Um, you look at you look at you look at Champions League, um, massive massive difference, right? Mm. But then, uh, yeah, I, I I'm not a fan. Serie A as well. 
I think there's yeah. I think there's more teams that I enjoy watching in Serie A and Bundesliga across the hall. I think the I think the Liga is diluted with some absolute tribe teams. Mm. It's yeah. it's a tricky one, isn't it? Because it's what do you judge a league on? Because Villarreal are coming seventh this season. They're That's hovering right. around, six, but they're in the Champions League semi final. So but, you'd think but, it must be a great league. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's right, but it's I don't think it is that great. No. <laughs> yeah. I'm, no, I'm not a big fan either. I'm not, I just don't like the. I don't really like a lot of the football. The antics. Yeah. I don't like the antics. Let's be yeah. honest. That's that's what yeah. probably turns me off the most. Right. But don't yeah. get us wrong. If it was Barcelona. Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, and throw throws in one more at the moment. If they were playing each other every week, I could watch that. Sevilla, yeah, yeah, yeah. Could I you? Could watch yeah. It. No, I'd yeah, get bored. I could, I could I'd watch get some bored of that. out of my mind watching that every week. But they all play different. <laughs> yeah, all no, right, no, no. Enough, but, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you if you watch Man City play Liverpool every week, we'd, eventually we'd all get bored of it. We'd all just go, "Come on, seriously." Bridges has been chatting to Bridges has been chatting to Florentino Perez a bit too much. He's been yeah, on the phone exactly. too, too. I, Yeah, that's your problem, Bridgie. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just have to delete him from Speed Dial One. <laughs> <laughs> Super League ambassador for Australia, Michael Bridges. <laughs> but uh, yeah, look, that is that is a tough one. But La Liga copping a bit of stick there from the lads. Why not? Benzema deserves a Ballon d'Or yes. more than Lewandowski. True yes. or false? True. True. This season. This season. Yes. Yep. This season, okay, we know the Ballon yeah. d'Or. Part of the criteria is your career as a whole. That is part they've of the criteria, it now, haven't they? Haven't they not changed it now? Well, they've changed it ever so slightly to be seasons, not calendar years. But yeah. the criteria itself hasn't changed very much. Yeah, at it's all. a load of I rubbish. Think- I think it's a load of rubbish I've ever heard. In any way, <laughs> I mean, listen, just why don't you just rename it the Messi and Ronaldo Ballon d'Or, honestly? Because you don't want to give it to anyone else anyway. Um, Lewandowski deserved it in twenty-one. Yes. and yeah. didn't get it because they decided, no, we're not going to put year. one. We're mm. not going to put one on because we know that Messi and Ronaldo can't win it. So we don't want to make sure we don't break that run of of, of winners. Right. Yeah, it's just a lot of rubbish, it honestly. So, if, but if you know, we we spoke earlier on the show. If Liverpool go on to win like a treble or quadruple, and they win the Champions League, not Benzema and Real Madrid, does Benzema yep. still deserve the Ballon d'Or? Yeah. Okay. I think. Is, is I, I I still think because like if you look at Liverpool, right? So you you pick out a player in Liverpool, and okay, the obvious one is Salah, and say mm. well, as, it could be Mane. Mane's beat Salah twice in the qualification and in the African Nations and he goes on to win win the But then stat wise stat wise his return for goals yeah mm, it's good but Again, it's not but what is it judge on we don't even like yeah, it's, no, so, that's what I'm it's saying. mental yeah, that's, isn't it that's the ridiculous thing about it yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. well Benzema, incredible record this season, 39 games, 39 goals. He leads them in goals and leads them in assists on all competitions. It's it's unbelievable. And Real Madrid How can you not much, win the Ballon d'Or from that? Yeah, you have to. And don't, don't forget, he's got a, now that the Ballon d'Or season, not year, he's actually got a French trophy as part of this season, the Nations League. So he's but got he every might not box. get it. He might not get it because it's a French, it's a French uh, awarded trophy, right? Yeah. And his and relationship with what's happened off the field. So, yeah. 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 yeah we yeah. didn't read the fine print, did we? No, we love it. We love a conspiracy theory here on the Gagan Pod. Brilliant. Um, we are at this point where it's right at the end of the episode. We've got a cracking week of football coming up, so we're going to keep it nice and sharp here. We've got midweek football here on Optus Sport. Firstly, on Wednesday morning, Liverpool take on Manchester United. Uh, this game has been framed as an even bigger one because United have one more league title than Liverpool. It's 20-19. to 19. This match has been framed as the game to stop Liverpool equaling the record. Bridgie, do United have any chance here? Well, after what their captain Maguire has just come out and said, he would have absolutely... I mean, the, the hatred between these two clubs 
is huge. It's, it's even with the players, the ex-players that I used to play with, you know, Fowler and Andy Cole, getting together with Masters events, they wouldn't chat to each other in the Liverpool click, Manchester United, the rivalry. It's, um, it's incredible. The Liverpool, uh, sorry, Maguire has just come out and said to the journalists, we're, we, we're not bothered if we don't derail Liverpool title challenge it's all about the three points for United mm. man you, you, you've got to say the right things you've got to say yeah we want to derail Liverpool we want to destroy everything about them this season <laughs> and we want to get the three points so Maguire he had a perfect opportunity as the club captain and the crap he's had from the fans to just go out there and annihilate Liverpool completely in their fans and get his fans on side so I think they've almost yeah I, I can't see them doing it it's, it's Liverpool Liverpool win for me and yeah, they will be hoping that they don't win the title because they'll they'll mm. they'll turn the tables. It sounds like he's just trying to keep the pressure off himself, yeah, Schwartzy. That's correct. a great game Wednesday morning. Thursday morning's Chelsea Arsenal. Uh, seems like a very very important game, particularly for Mikel Arteta. Can they beat Chelsea here? I don't think so. No. I just uh, yeah, Arsenal just look like. They've blown it. They've blown a gasket, mate. Massively. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're 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 in trouble. I think. I, I I just think Chelsea. Look, Chelsea still need to win games to make sure they secure that top three, yeah. be third in the, in the league. Mm. Um, and I'm sure they'll be going for that to make sure. And and at home as well. I, yeah, don't Arsenal haven't got a good record at Stamford Bridge either. Not at all. No, they don't. Not in the Premier League era. Well, it's it's great games midweek. We don't have to wait too long for that football. And then on the weekend, it kicks off once again because you've got a Merseyside derby. You've got Arsenal taking on Man United, two clubs which will be fighting for that fourth spot. Chelsea, West Ham in a London derby. There's plenty of football coming up. And then around the world of football, you've got Bayern can win the league with a game with a win against Dortmund which is massive and Jose they've Mourinho they've won the league can, already well they've won it but they yeah, can officially win it you know Jose yeah, Mourinho can derail his old team's title challenge as well when he takes on Inter so there's so many storylines around the world of football no doubt you guys will be back next Tuesday to wrap it all up make sense of it and uh, thanks very much for today hopefully we'll have Tommy Sorensen back as well next week Bridgie you're off to the to England to play in a charity match for Car- for Carlisle, right? Yeah, Carlisle United. We're, I'm heading back. I'll be flying back on Wednesday, so I won't be with you guys next week on the gigging pod, but got a, a, an ex-Legends charity match for Carlisle United, so looking forward to that. Um, I've seen the strips we're wearing, by the way. They're the, they're the, the tight ones that the team actually wear, so mate, I've been on the treadmill trying to lose it because one of the boys <laughs> sent a picture, Danny Graham, ex-Carlisle and Blackburn, sent a picture and he just had a little bit of his muffin top hanging out from under the shirt, so mate, we're a bit panicky and a bit worried. I am. Um, I, I, I reckon we should tell a poll, okay, uh, before the game uh, when Bridgie makes his appearance. At what stage of the game will Bridgie get injured? Will it be in the warm-up? <laughs> That's Will horrible, it be within man. the first 15 minutes? <laughs> You're a total. Uh, will it be between 15 minutes and half-time? Will it be in the half-time break when he goes for that <laughs> refreshment? <laughs> Honestly, is, I thought you were going to say when he what, what part of the game will he score a goal and be all nice, but you've been waiting because I had a go at you. That's that's brilliant. Good on you. Damn. That is terrible. I, I want you to let us know if there's any way we can live stream this match. Bridget. Can I, I just say, by this. the way, there's still a week to go before I get there, so there's every chance I can get injured between now and then, Sorty. It might not <laughs> even be going, at the game. Okay, yeah, so not even the warm-up. So Bridget will get injured 
in his preparation leading up to the game. So there you go, we've got another one. Oh, uh, that is brilliant. We'll get that poll started on Optus Sport. Thanks so much for joining us, gentlemen. Best of luck for the game, Bridgie, and safe travels back to London. Schwartzy will speak to you guys very soon. Thanks so much for joining us. Make sure you guys jump on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you do get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating and follow us on all socials to keep up with everything football. We'll see you again next week, guys. Have a great one. 